Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Drew, and welcome to the Codeco Podcast. In this podcast, we'll keep you up to date with the latest app development tech talk. Now, here's the show. Thanks. This is the Codeco Podcast. Welcome to Episode 9 for Season 1. This episode was recorded on Sunday, the 5th of February, 2023, for release on Thursday, the 2nd of March, 2023. This episode is sponsored by Split.io. I am this episode's only host, Susanna Skyragupta, unfortunately without our intrepid leader, Drew Freeman, who has been temporarily felled by a case of the marching boo. He'll be back next episode. Today, we'll learn about one of the best-known online mobile dev meetups running right now, iOS Dev Happy Hour, and hopefully come to better understand the secret sauce to running a great remote meetup. We have with us Adrian Eves, who is an iOS developer at Disney and one of the admins at iOS Dev Happy Hour, and Chris Wu, who is a hobbyist iOS developer with three apps in the App Store, including Museum Shuffle, and Chris is also a member of the iOS Dev Happy Hour admin team. Welcome, Adrian and Chris. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Oh, I'm so excited to talk to you guys. So... Before we launch into the discussion of meetups and especially iOS Dev Happy Hour, um, tell us a bit about yourselves. How did you guys get into mobile development and what do you do with it these days? And um, I'd like to hear a little bit about how it can be a main job or a side passion. So, uh, Adrian, do you want to start us off? Sure. So I got into mobile mobile development because I... uh... I went to school at Auburn University, and I did uh, software engineering, but I always thought developing for the iPhone was really cool, and I don't really know of a lot of places that do that. So I feel that mobile development is often kind of a go-getter sort of thing because you kind of have to teach yourself or, like, get involved or take that deep breath and say, all right, Twitter, or, like, Mastodon or whatever, here I come, can someone help me or whatever? You kind of have to put yourself out there first, and I guess that's also a good exercise. But these days, like, I'm doing, uh, I'm over at Disney doing stuff with Marvel on uh, Marvel Unlimited, which is our comic reader app. Super awesome. Really like it. Oh, uh, that's fun. Yeah, so it's definitely my main job, and if anything, I'm trying to get a squeeze a little time out to do some game development. But that's this that's me personally. So, are you working on um, like a side project, developing a game, also? Very slowly, probably a couple, because I think what I'm going to end up doing is a couple really small games, just to kind of like throw out on Twitter and be like, "Hey, people, play this." Um, and then, oh, that after, sounds fun. And then maybe after that, after I have enough components from all those games, I'll put some of them together to create this narrative game that I've been planning forever, but I just haven't had the time. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay. So there's there's lots of for all of us. Um, you guys later will share Twitter handles because we are still there. And then also you can find us through on Mastodon through our Twitter bios. And uh, so there's lots for us to look forward to. So... Chris, your um, your story's a little different because you're a hobbyist. So tell us about that and tell us how you come to uh, be part of this amazing iOS community. Yeah, I've um, I've always loved Apple products and mobile development. It really interested me, but I I literally had no idea how to get started with it. And it was one of those things, you know, where I'm like, I, I should look into that, and I never did it. And um, where I work, they actually had a really great initiative where they wanted us to 
just to be up to date with current skills, but it didn't have to be with what your job was related to. And I looked oh, and so one cool. of the one of the options that we had was to take a nano degree from Udacity on iOS development. So, and they would pay for it 100%, but the catch was it's it was at least 8 hours a week and you couldn't do any of it during work time. So you had to devote your free time to it. So I mean, that, that's no joke when, you, you know, after work, you know, you only have like an hour or two, you know, of leisure time and that's gone when you take a class like that. But I was motivated enough and curious enough that I just I just couldn't say no if somebody else was paying for it. And so Museum Shuffle was actually my final project for my Udacity nano degree, which is how I got right kicked on. off on development. And then you were saying um, before we officially started our episode today that you have two other apps in the App Store also. Yes, um, I have another app called Snack Plan, which is a theme park snack tracker. I'm kind of obsessed with theme parks. And um, the last <laughs> app I oh wrote was <laughs> called Food Laps, and it's for lapses in judgment. In my case, that was drinking way too much boba tea. I actually have a boba tea app icon for that one. <laughs> okay, so I, I'm going to need to be doing some downloading immediately after the recording of this episode. <laughs> Food laps just speak. Just the very app title speaks to me. Yeah, thanks. And so you're walking the walk of of indie hobbyist dev, and absolutely, uh, yeah. I I just do it for fun. That's really cool. So it's possible that some people listening, because we have people coming from all tech stacks, um, aren't even familiar with what iOS Dev Happy Hour is. So set the scene for us. Tell us about it, and I'd love. Um, to hear a little bit about the origin story too. We wouldn't be, we couldn't talk about iOS Dev Happy Hour without talking about its true creator, Alan Weary, who now works at Apple on the accessibility team. Uh, great fit for him, by the way. Super proud of him. Um, but he started it because I think we were just in the in the throes of the pandemic, where we were all kind of just transformed into uh, kind of lonely bodies or whatever. And then he was like, hey, does anyone want to have an iOS like happy hour Zoom or whatever? And so the, he did. And I was like, oh, my gosh, can I please, 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 please help you do this? I was just like, please, like, just give me anything, any like little work that you just don't even feel like doing. I was like, this is such a cool thing. And I was like, I just want to help. Adrian, did you know Alan in real life or you just you guys completely just you just felt like this is a cool person through um, through Twitter? I didn't know him that well before. I knew him well enough to feel comfortable hopping into his DMs, though. Although that's not <laughs> saying much because I, I can be a little comfortable with that. Although, actually, you know, now that I think about it, I get stressed out about that. So I think it was just a good time, right place, you know. Um, but he's yeah, super nice. Just like a neat thing about the pandemic and like where we were in our heads and needing yeah. that connection. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, it's it's still going. And like he when he went to go to Apple, uh, he had to, you know, he couldn't host it anymore just because of the uh, just because of the rules of work or whatever. Um, and so right. we've we really tried to keep this going in a way that honors him as well as the future. And I was even gone for a little while while I was at Apple. And so we had, you know, Alex and Chris and Michaela and Frank and them and like, they were really just doing great, great work. And so I kind of came back to them. I was like, Hey everyone, can I come back? <laughs> and they were super nice about it. They're like, oh, of course you can. And so it's been great being back. And it's just neat seeing this is still going. It's been over a year. Like it's, that's unreal. 
Yeah, it was such a strange period of time when it started, when he, when Alan threw out the tweet saying, hey, should we have a virtual happy hour? Because everyone was just so starved for, you know, interaction. And after the first time we had the event, Alan said, hey, is this something we should, you think we should do again? I almost jumped to the screen saying, yes, yes, this is amazing. We have to keep doing this. So what was that first one like? Do you remember like how many people went? And was it just like Alan hosting it on his personal Zoom? Yes, right? Because... Mm-hmm. Wasn't it about 50 people, Adrian? Yeah, it was like, it was like, I kind of think of it as like the lucky 50, you know, just kind of like, uh, you know, there are very small moments, like when you're in a place when something's happening, and then later on down the road, you're kind of like, oh, I was there. Like, this is where I kind of like stumbled. And I witnessed this thing. And at the time, I didn't know this was the thing to witness. But here we are. Yeah, Alan's a genius. Because I remember for that first event, he sent out links through Eventbrite. And I remember thinking, why on earth is he doing this for a Zoom call? That's crazy. And then as it started getting more and more populator and all this, oh my God, we've got a couple hundred people attending. Now you think, wow, that was a really smart idea and a really, you know, great, great thing to do on his part. What does, okay, so I've seen that and was surprised by it too. Like, okay, why don't I just have the link? So what does having the Eventbrite wrapper basically around it what does that enable you guys to do as organizers like why is that good for one um it it's um it gives us a central place to kind of like get a get an idea of how many people are going to show up and who we can send emails to um letting them know that the the event is going to happen right so it just it gives you like you know who's in there Mm -hmm. yeah that makes sense how many people so it started as 50 which is actually to start something that's big. But, you know, I think it it does, it speaks to the times too. It speaks to the times and it speaks to um, how much this community want to interact online already. Like, you know, just it just feels like a good community. How many people are attending these days? I would say probably in between like 100 to 150 people, like regularly. I mean, we get some upticks towards like seasons, like, you know, like the holiday season. Um, but like, if you just like threw a dart on the calendar and landed on an iOS dev happy hour meetup, probably a hundred to 150. It can jump up a okay. lot when we have a big sponsor. I remember when we had Twitter as, as a sponsor, it was, I think that might've been our most attended event. It was uh, several hundred people for sure. Wow. That's huge. Okay. So, and when people, um, for people who don't know, what does it cost to attend? Euro. Right. So what a cool, what a cool thing. Of course, we're going to have the link for you guys in the show notes. Um, and so were both of you like early attendees, were both of you at the first session just um, kept going? Yes, 100%. It was fun. Yeah. I have an unbroken attendance streak. I've been to everyone. Wow. Ooh. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. Chris has me beat. Nowhere near. <laughs> <laughs> that's because adrian's an athlete is that well and also you could could you people from apple can go right you can go when you work at apple yes a, you just can't run it exactly okay okay yeah because i was in a session at um one of the breakout sessions at the last one and we we're talking about i think it was an indie session and we we're talking about like oh what apps do you have and this guy's like well i have like pages and keynote and then we we're all like wait oh my what? gosh <laughs> <laughs> And he was a longtime Apple dev. That was neat. Um, Besides, maybe in addition to now, but also before, what other meetups have you guys been involved with? Nothing really, honestly. Have you done in-person meetups? 
It's funny. I started going to an in-person um, iOS meetup and I got about three, maybe four times to go. And then the pandemic happened. And then that was just completely shut off. That was the only right. experience I had. I was just starting to get really into it too. <laughs> it was so sad. What was your in-person meetup like? It was it was really cool. The guy um, was just doing it as a passion project. And it was funny on my part because I only had an iMac at the time. So everybody else brought their laptops and he was coding and having them code along. And I didn't know iOS development oh, nice. very well. And I was just sitting there trying to soak everything in as much as I can without a laptop. So it was interesting, but I, I really enjoyed it. And I really appreciated him doing it. Yeah. Okay. And Adrian, you, prior to your... Um... Being part of iOS Dev Happy Hour, you didn't go to in-person meetups? No, I didn't because uh, there was like a spell in like when I was in college. I had an iOS job and it wasn't really a good match, but like some things were said to me that made me feel like super lousy. So I just kind of like put iOS in a drawer and closed it. It was like, I'm never doing this again. But then with the pandemic hit, I was like, oh, why not? I'll just do it. And I did like Paul Hudson's 100 Days of Swift UI. Um, that made me feel oh, very right. confident. And so then like, I wanted to talk about this with people. And so this was great. The thing Alan made was great. It was like, Hey, let's talk about this stuff. And I was like, yes, an opportunity. I get that. That's, you know, and the, you know, you know what they say, they say opportunity is not a lengthy visitor. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think is making this a continuing success? Like, I want to know what makes this work? And then also, are there things we can generalize about it? Like if somebody out there in the audience wants to start a meetup, not necessarily something competing, maybe something in person, what can they take from this? Why does this work so well? Because it really does. I think initially Alan caught lightning in a bottle and rather than just like spin it everywhere, we've kind of We've kind of honored that a lot of a lot of the way we do things is really about honoring like especially like the first one and like and it's really neat. Um, but also, I think the thing that really keeps it going is that people are excited once a month to get back together, you know, who normally can and all they need to do is just have an internet connection and a camera or not even a camera, honestly. And they can hop in meet people because everybody at various stages of development are in this group and so mentees can like act as mentors for a small amount of time in breakout rooms and likewise people who are in need of guidance can find it too and it's like it's always the most interesting combinations and then the way we do it at the end has always been really good is where uh, we exchange like social handles because then everybody keeps up with each other and so it's very familial and very uh very familiar as well and so I think everybody, in addition to the subject matter, everybody who comes really likes that feeling. And anybody who hears about it wants to be a part of that feeling. Yeah, I think um, a, another big component is our speakers also. We've had some just unbelievably moving stories that just have completely blown me away with the speakers we've had. So I, I actually really look forward to that every month, too. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, so I actually, I recall... Uh, so Via Fairchild is one of the people that has spoken at iOS Dev Happy Hour. And I Our first was, podcast I guest, wept. by the way. Yeah. Oh, excellent. So we just had Via on this podcast a couple episodes ago. Um, yes, that was tr her her origin story of becoming an iOS dev. I found like, I mean, 
I found it incredible. Like I was actually crying during it. So. I appreciate everybody that comes to speak to us. But like you said, like there's some speakers where it just hits you like a bolt of light in them. Yeah, you just sitting there and you cannot believe what you're hearing. It's just so powerful. It's just it's just incredible. How do you find these? Like these are great speakers. That's a Chris thing. Chris is really good at it. I'm going to just say it because he's not going to say it. And this is a rare compliment no, I, I'm giving to him. I can't take all the credit because all the admins, we scour um, social media looking for people saying, hey, I got my first iOS job or, hey, I did this. And we reach out to them. That's that's the vast majority of the time how it happens where we, we find our speakers. So it really is star search. So it really is like, you know, if so if you're out there and you're thinking, oh, I wonder how I could be one of those people. So keep keep sharing on social media. Absolutely. Are you guys only hunting yes. on Twitter or do you hunt on Mastodon now? I, no, I actually found somebody on Mastodon like a week ago. I've got them in our list okay. of future speakers. So it is a thing. So we should be tooting and tweeting. And I, I found I found people on Discord before also in the Indie Dev Monday uh, Discord channel. Okay. All right. And so we need to link to that too. Um, folks who do not watch this on YouTube, Chris is sporting a very cute Indie Dev Monday t-shirt that shows the app icons of many Indie Devs in the community. So that's another good thing to support. And I presume Museum Shuffle is one of those. Oh, it is. Cool. Cool. Besides the obvious about an in-person meetup being like physically face-to-face, what's different about organizing online? What do you, if you want to make something a success online, what are some of the things that are essential and like the Eventbrite thing, which I agree. I actually thought it was a little, I don't know, weird isn't the right thing, but I just thought like, wow, this is a level of official. I didn't realize it was. Yeah. I thought it was so over the top initially. And then it, it, it was so great later. <laughs> See, it's, it's interesting hearing everyone say that now. Cause I'm just kind of like, I've never, I've never had an issue with that. I've never been like, Oh, this is like extra or whatever. It's been like, Oh cool. an Eventbrite, like a nice way to kind of like see who's coming or whatever. Like neat. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it is. It's just unexpected. One of our um, admins, Michaela, she is the Notion queen. She loves Notion. Oh. So she's she set up Notions for us where I have my section for the guest speakers. We have all the um, schedules for the upcoming events. We have a Notion section for the budget. I mean, she's she is amazing with the way that she set all that stuff up for. She dragged me kicking and screaming into it. <laughs> Because <laughs> I didn't know any, I didn't know anything about it. Yeah, I haven't gotten there yet, but I keep hearing it. Okay, so so that's worthwhile too. What other tools are you using behind the scenes to run this? How do you get your like? Okay, another thing you guys will see if you look at the video version later is um, so Adrian has a really beautiful background of a place we all might want to visit um, <laughs> that. Also has to do with his workplace. Chris has a background that is an actual iOS dev happy hour background. So when did you guys like, how'd you get that made up? And that was actually, this is actually brand new. This is actually all Alex Silver, one of our organizers. He he made this. And um, I was I was thinking this was a great idea because it makes us really, as organizers, it makes us very easy to spot, but it's always been my thing for the last two plus years to have a random Disney World background as my background. So Alex put a... 
right there, he put a hidden Mickey for my background. <laughs> so oh, all of us that's have so cool. Yeah, all of us have a hidden symbol. <laughs> Mine is mine's a, a cartoon I drew of myself, so I feel like I'm like, oh, I'm obsessed with myself. <laughs> I'm like, oh, look, it's little me. Hey, everyone. <laughs> we should interject here, Adrian, in addition to being an iOS dev uh, professionally and as an indie, um, you're an artist, right? Yes, yes, I am. Uh, I love cartooning and stuff. I'm a, I'm a lot of things. So like, I have ADHD. So I have new skills that appear. Right on. Like, like any given second. Like the other day, I was like, "Yo, I want to learn how to crochet," and I made my child a dinosaur, and I've never done a crochet before. Okay, that's amazing. Um, yeah, shout out. Well, to- it isn't. It isn't because it's like, yes, I did that, and then it's like I have so many other things I need to do, and it's like, oh well. <laughs> I think like it's leaning into the amazing uh, multi-potentiality and productivity of, of ADHD. So that's, I think that's really cool. Okay. I do want to ask something very specific just because I'm really curious about this. How do you do the raffle? We should say, so tell us about the raffle and then tell us about the technology behind getting the raffle to work because that's really cool. So it's actually a Google document. It's a form. And um, during the event, um, we'll send out a link to the Google Doc that has the form that people can fill out. And they they put in their information. And then after the last breakout room, what happens is, is we cut it off. And then the other organizers distract everybody as I rapidly grab from the spreadsheet. I grab all the names and I put it um well, first of all, I have to filter out duplicates because every month there's a couple people that enter twice, not not calling anybody out. And then I okay, I that. didn't. Just for the record, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and then I format that where it's all um, one comma separated list and on one line. And I on Slack while this is uh, while the other organizers are still doing this, I send it to them and then they grab it and stick it into this website, which is just a wheel that takes the input of the comma separated entries. And then we just hit go and then one gets picked. Okay, because it looks really cool. And let's back up. And so what can you tell people about uh, prizes at iOS Dev Happy Hour? Because many of our listeners will not have attended. Adrian, how does that work? Honestly, I'm not the right person to ask about the <laughs> the raffles and stuff. That is a well-oiled machine that I think happened while I was at Apple. And I've honestly seen no reason to mess with it because it looks <laughs> great. Yeah, usually it's a $50 Apple gift card. Where is, how are you guys funding that? Like, where does the $50 a month come from? From sponsors. So we, we um, okay. charge people to be, and we have different sponsorship tiers um, for paying different amount, gets different things, which I am actually not a part of. So I'm not going to know too many details about that. I just know the, the basics about it. Is somebody going out and actually hunting down sponsors each month or there's a calendar and, and you know, like how do, how do you fill your sponsor dance card? From what I understand, I think it's mostly been people reaching out to us. And we've, we've definitely had months where we where we didn't have a sponsor. But even when there's no sponsor, there's always a raffle. So people who come have the opportunity to win this. this right. Like last, last month, if my memory serves me correctly, I don't think we had a sponsor, but we definitely had a raffle. We'll have more of the Codeco podcast after these words from Split.io. 
This podcast is brought to you by the Split Feature Management and Experimentation Platform. What if a release was exactly how it sounds? A liberation from constraint, a moment of relief, an escape from outdated processes, tedious software, changes, and the slow, painful deployments that hold back product engineers. Free your teams and your features with Split. By attaching insightful data to feature flags, Split helps you quickly deploy, measure, and learn the impact of every feature you release, which means you can turn up what works, turn off what doesn't, and give software innovation the room to run wild. Now you can safely deliver features up to 50 times faster and exhale. Split feature management and experimentation. What a release. To reimagine software delivery and propel your teams forward, start your free trial at split.io slash Codeco. And we'd like to thank Split.io for sponsoring this episode of the Codeco podcast. So I remember like Nordstrom's is one of our sponsors. And what we do for our sponsors is, yeah, we give them their own um, breakout room. So they have a chance to talk to the group, but then people that have more questions about the company or the positions, they can go into that breakout room during um, our breakout rooms. And they've come back to us before saying that, you know, it was it was a great, great back and forth exchange they had and it was it was a very positive experience oh that's really neat that's really neat from both sides because that's also a perpetual question from the business side is how do i find like really engaged great smart ios devs mobile devs and so you know that's really neat i didn't realize that you had like companies i would think of as outside the industry sponsoring so that's really cool this is definitely a success. That's why you guys are on the podcast. Um, what do we mean when we say a meetup is a success? What makes a meetup a success? And what, like, what would get you, like, think about other meetups you go to online and in person. Why would you go? And why would you stop going? Why would we? So that's the question that really stuck out to me there was why would you stop going? And I think in our case, people would stop going if we made it honestly into a very cold and almost corporate sort of thing, you know, cause right now it feels like, I feel like you could have, if this was to physically be somewhere, it would be in somebody's garage or like at a park or like somewhere, just like some public cool area, like a coffee shop even, you know, like, and I feel like it has that feel, that feeling of like accessibility to everybody and it makes them feel like they belong. And I think making people feel like they belong is a big component of having people stay. And I think once, I think if we ever did something where it's just like only like these people can come or whatever, only like where we just started kind of like, I guess gatekeeping, that's when the fabric of iOS Dev Happy Hour would ultimately just, you know, disintegrate. That's really well said. Um. Are either of you currently attending other meetups regularly now, or is this like your your main mobile dev social thing? So every two weeks, I attend Core Coffee. It's a um, it's a combination of online and virtual meetup uh, hosted by my friends Kai and Malin, and I, I absolutely love it. It's also it's it's an iOS meetup, also. Okay, and so you go? Are you? Are you in the same part of the world with them so you can go in person? Oh, no, they're, they're, they're in Canada um, and they 
they were doing an, an in-person meetup and they also, they, they flipped to online um, during the pandemic, but I know they, they do, they do have gone back to in-life events also. So it's, um, they actually had one like a week ago, if I remember correctly. It ended up being like seven hours too. It was an, it was an epic, epic one because they were in um, Encinitas, California to escape the cold for several weeks. Oh, that makes sense. And Adrian, how about you? Do you go to any other meetups? I kind of, I just remember that core coffee was a thing. I kind of want to, I would love to do that personally, but this is really the only one that I go to. No, because honestly, I'm in an area where there aren't any meetups. And like, I thought about starting one, but iOS development is still a very like far away idea for this part of the world that I'm in. And, uh, you know, I even have a hard time trying to find like Reading groups or whatever. So it's... Yeah, online is kind of the way that I is kind of the die that's been cast for me personally. Yeah, and I, so I'm struggling because I um I inherited a meetup, and I oh, have wow. not been actively running it. I tried a couple times, and we just got a couple like literally like two three people to come. And I'm thinking online may be a better way forward for us. So I live in Phoenix, in which is a very spread out city geographically. And so we were trying, the meetup I inherited was for Phoenix's East Valley. And it was a guy who started it, I think, right before the pandemic and then had to go online. And then he actually ended up moving elsewhere for, uh, you know, a better fit for his family. And so I do think online can offer so much in terms of a bigger community. So I definitely understand that. So... For people listening there right now and thinking like, I've never been to this and this sounds kind of big and official and these guys look friendly, but like the guy has an official background. I don't know. I'm a little scared about how there's Eventbrite, how serious this is. How can somebody prepare themselves to be a successful online meetup attendee? What should you bring? What should you think about? What should you wear? What should you not wear? I think it's very simple, really. I think it's just... All you do is there's a there's a Zoom link, and if you hit that, I think you're golden. Come as you are, uh, be as you are. Think what you want to think. Uh, think about like what you're passionate about, and honestly, like it's pretty easy to belong. Like if you if you stop and think about it, all you have to do is just press the Zoom link. That's that's what I've always stood by. Yeah, if you're if you're an introvert, it's really hard to to sign up for something like this and. The thing I would tell people like that is, you know, when we have our breakout rooms, it's not just going to be you and another person just awkwardly staring with at each other. You know, there's going to be like six or seven other people in the breakout room. And I mean, you don't even have to turn on your camera if you don't if you're feeling that shy. And you can really really if you just take a chance, you can really meet some incredible people. I have made so many really, really important friendships to me through IOSDEV Happy Hour. It's it's really worth it. So when you guys look at your demographics, what are you seeing? Like who's going to this and where are they, where in the world are they um, joining from? That's actually something that's kind of um, a challenge is because we want people from all over the world to attend but with time zones you know we're always going to be excluding some people and um it's something we're trying to work around like maybe with different start times certain times of the of the the year but it's it's something we really really are trying 
trying to address, believe me. Yeah, I was actually curious about that, whether, so right now you guys have the same time slot every month. Like it's this, remind us, is it the second Saturday? 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, 1900 UTC, if I remember correctly. Okay, and it's the The second Saturday of every month? Um, actually, it's just whenever we're all available. We don't have a set. Okay. Right so now, it, we so don't that have a set varies. one. That yes. part varies. But as of yet, you haven't started um, moving the time we, slot. We actually have one or once or twice experimented with um, earlier or later times. I can't actually remember. I think it might have been later for me or earlier for me. I don't know. But I mean, it was a big hit because... Um, well, actually, it, it was a hit for some people because um, they said, oh, my God, I can you know stay up till midnight and actually attend this for the first time. <laughs> but then right. every time we move it, we're making it harder for other people. So it's it's really a, a juggling act that we're trying to figure out. Is the whole moderation team, um, the whole admin team, U.S. based? At this time, yes. OK, so. Where are the farthest away people that you're getting? Like when you're looking, because we, I know for sure we are definitely getting some international people. I would say Australia is probably a really good one that we get. Um, yeah, Japan and Australia. Yeah. Anyone who's listening from Australia, <laughs> love you. Yeah, that's, I mean, because that's, that's an amazing time difference, right? So that's a, that's a heck of a commitment. They live in the future. Yeah. <laughs> that's really neat. Um. And what about like diversity of people? Like, are there other people who are older? Are there what and diversity of like experience with iOS? Like, what if you are really like I, Chris? I loved your description of early meetup days where you're like you don't even have your laptop because you don't have a Mac laptop at that point because nope. you're just like switching. So. You know, yep. oh, what uh, what if you're like, I think it might be fun to be an iOS developer, but I'm not even sure what that is. Are there anybody, is there anybody like that there? And Absolutely. Um, you could, the, the wonderful thing, if you're that person, you could get thrown into, because a lot of our breakout rooms are random and you could get thrown into a room with someone who's been on the app store, you know, for 10 plus years and has a whole library of apps that they've written. It's just such a good way to pick their brain and get tips from them on how to get started. So yeah, we definitely encourage everyone whether you're just thinking about developing or you're an expert we, we want you to come and enjoy yourself and let's talk just a little bit more about breakout rooms because i know that this is something that um some people listening will be like okay that sounds a little scary so how many people can i expect to be in a breakout room when i get randomly thrown into one i want to say it could be like eight but also if it's a voluntary uh break room which is like towards the end of our event. Usually it can be an honestly any number of people. It could be like a very small amount or like a, like almost like 15 or like 20 people. Just like if, that's like the swift UI, swift UI rooms. So like, uh, are the swift UI rooms bigger than the UI kit rooms? Can we say I, that was la- I was laughing because that's kind of been my thing every month is I take a, a screenshot of the, of the room counts and the swift UI ones are always big in the UI kit ones. No shade, just mm. just showing the facts. Just just noting that, folks. <laughs> just noting when we yeah. 
when no we shame. talk about that in the future. <laughs> Please don't send me hate mail. <laughs> I'll send you hate texts. <laughs> I definitely want to talk about, because I've actually personally experienced this in uh, the system working well in this very online meetup. Um, something that can make or completely break any gathering online or in person is it being it feeling safe it feeling like um adrian was talking about this and you said it so beautifully like creating a sense of belonging how are you doing that for ios dev happy hour and how are you making sure that in particular that online harassment doesn't occur so we actually have a uh, we have a code of conduct that we follow very like uh, that we follow follow very well, and we read and, every month too to the before we start. Oh, excellent! Good point. Mm-hmm. So and then and and like people, we're grateful that people feel comfortable enough enough with us. They'll tell us, "Hey, someone said was in like a Slack channel. Really, it was just like." Like grinding me down, and then like instead of just being like, "Oh well, that sucks," we uh we really take it seriously, and I think that you know that's that's actually earned us a, a fair bit of goodwill that we take that so seriously. Though we take the respect for other people seriously, we do not mm-hmm. tolerate um, just blatant unkindness. Whatever, it's just it, there's no place for that here. And we we're not shy, we're not shy about taking action about it either. I was going to say, so as so when you're running the Zoom, you can see all the DMs that are flying around, right? As organizers, like can the whole admin team see all the DMs that other people are sending between themselves? It's it's honestly it's it's too much information that um, people. It's normally people will send in a screenshot saying, "Hey, I got this. Can you okay. please look into this?" Because there's a there's a there's a chat window on the side. There's People we have to let into the room. There's, oh my God, whose mic isn't muted? We have to unmute them. So, I mean, I'm, I am multitasking yeah, like crazy during the meetup. Do you have that like split out between you guys? Some like, okay, Chris, you're going to be doing this. And Adrian, you're going to be doing this. And Michaela, you're, you're, well, we know Michaela's running the raffle and in charge of Notion, but like, do you have a, a game plan going in each time of like who's doing what? I kind of think it's, Really, at the beginning of each one, it's like, okay, I'll do this one, you do that thing, or like, Chris will be like, hey, I'll do this, and I'll be like, I'll do this one, whatever. I think it's because, like, sometimes we all, like, we'll have different engagements. Like, um, for instance, in March, I can't come, but I've, 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 like, I've told everybody that, and I'm, they're like, okay, well, I'll handle this then, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's just as the, because I mean, it's a meetup, and that happens like once a month, right? And so, uh, Basically, each time it happens, it's a new event, and we kind of take it from there. But I will say that we are working on planning some in advance uh, a little bit more. So we might, and I think we have talked briefly about kind of roles. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Well, as an attendee, it seems like it runs really smoothly. And my experience was somebody was DMing me and it was making me uncomfortable. And I don't know if I did say something. Maybe I said something to Michaela, but oh. that person disappeared. And I was like, wow, thank you. That was great. So, um, and then are there specific things? Well, they're, they're still alive. <laughs> <laughs> they did not, they did not appear in the rest of the meetup. So I can't, I can't speak to what the future held for them past that point, Adrian. I, I don't really know. Um, That's an Alex yeah. question. <laughs> <laughs> so 
you spoke to um, like trying to be welcoming for everyone and how introverts shouldn't worry because it is, there are sometimes when people don't even have their cameras on. And if, if you're really not comfortable with that, that is an option. But are there other things that you're specifically doing to encourage participation and making it, you know, like making an okay place for introverts in particular? If I, I, I tend to search for the iOS of happy hour, the string and, and the hashtag. And if I see somebody voicing concerns um, like that, I try to reach out to them and say, look, I'm an introvert too. And if you need me to talk you into attending, I'm, I'd be happy to do it. That's really kind. I'm glad that I'm glad that you're looking for like just really actively going out and trying to include everyone in this community. Um, Chris is great about that. I can't sing his praises enough, which, as we know, is hard for me because it's Chris. <laughs> <laughs> We're frenemies. I see that. Thanks for both coming on the show together. <laughs> I wish we had time to play the entire interview, but if you'd like to see the interview with all the material and Chris Wu's spiffy shirt, watch YouTube for the full video version. We can all be found. We're all still on Twitter. Okay. So we can be found. Drew, you can find at Podcast Drew. I'm Suze Gupta. Adrian, you can find at Swift Eves. And Chris is at Museum Shuffle. And from our Twitters, you can find us also on Mastodon. And, um, you know, it varies how much we're chatting each place, but, but definitely come chat. In our next episode, Tim Condon and Jen Bailey, the authors of the new Hack Your Job Search, will join us to talk about how to land interviews after completing a course of study, whether that's boot camp or a CS degree or something you've done on your own, whether it's self-study. And that's a wrap. Thanks again, everybody, for listening to the Kadeco Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget to leave a rating in your favorite podcast app. See you next time.